You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. It's my privilege now to open up the Word of God and uh, one last time in the book of Exodus. And, uh, and I know that you thought Pastor Bobby was the closer last week. Uh, when I was thinking and praying about this weekend, Memorial Day, and, uh, and just uh, saying, okay, wh- what can we do? Uh, I wanted to bring one final thought or one kind of uh, final message to kind of close this series. And uh, when we have talked about the book of Exodus since January, uh, we started in January, we're finishing here at the end of May, uh, we started by talking about the fact that the book of Exodus, people seem to know about it. It's one of those popular stories. It shows up in movies and shows up in music and in literature. And people who have never never picked up the Bible, somehow they still know about the Exodus. And uh, if the number one character in the Bible is Jesus, which I think would be arguably true, uh, the second most popular character that people recognize is Moses. And uh, Moses is the central character throughout this book. And what we've found over these last several months is that Exodus was the definitive saving event of the Old Testament. But it wasn't just an Old Testament story. It was all pointing to Jesus in the New Testament. And we've seen that week in and week out. But I want to back up and just give the overview of what we talked about Exodus being, that it was a story about God. When you read the book of Exodus, in fact, if you haven't read it, you need to read it. We are encouraging you to read along. uh, But take some time. This, This story is incredible. But some commentators say that it was the deepest source of doctrine of God, excuse me, of God in the Bible, which is pretty crazy to think about, Uh, that he was utterly holy, that he was self-sufficient, he was sufficient to save, he was perfectly faithful, and he was abounding in compassion. These are just to name a few of God's attributes, and we saw those in and throughout the book of Exodus. And before we just blow on to the next series, which, by, by the way, next week we're going to start a series on the life of Joseph. So it's kind of a prequel to the book of Exodus. And I, I want you to make sure you're here all summer long uh, for that. Uh, and next week is called The Test, and we're, we're going to launch that series. But it's important for us to know who God is. It's important for you personally to understand and to know who God is. It's God who motivates us to move our feet with world vision or to give in an offering to city serve or to be bold enough to make a faith promise to missions. It's that God that, that motivates us to do that. Exodus is a story about God. The second thing we see is that Exodus is a story about God's people, the Israelites, and we see them, you know, all throughout their journey. It's not, they're not a perfect people by any stretch of the imagination, not even close. But the thing is, they are just like we are. They're human beings with flaws. And we have encouraged ourselves to see ourselves in the story of Exodus, week in and week out. 
And the reason is because Exodus is a story about God's people. It's our story. And in this story of the book of Exodus, we saw that the people needed to be rescued. They needed to be rescued, to, to be delivered, right, from the, from the bondage of Egypt. And we saw that in the first 18 chapters. And we see God and his people, and they're being rescued. And the truth is, I don't want to just blow over this, is that each and every one of us need to be rescued as well. Each and every one of us need to be saved we need a salvation experience in order to make it to heaven. And, uh, and in the same way, it's the saving event in the Old, the Old Testament, the story of the Exodus. It's got to be our story as well, that we were once lost, but now we're found, and we have a hope in Jesus. Amen? Amen. This group of people also not only need to be rescued, they needed to be commissioned. They needed to understand who they were. They were in bondage for 400 years and, and uh, down in the dumps, right? And God swept in and, uh, and uh, saved them, but then he gave them a purpose. He, and he, he, he gave them the law in chapters 19 through 24. He's, we've got the big Mount Sinai experience. Again, it was God and his people and they were just like us. And the truth is, every single one of us need to be commissioned as well. And when I think of being commissioned, I think of missions. But sometimes we think just foreign missions, sending money. No, no, no. Each and every one of us need to be involved in foreign missions. But we also need to be engaged with the reason why we exist. Why do you exist? You exist to tell others about God. In the people of Israel, in the story, and we've talked about it, they, were, they found their purpose not only in the law, but they found their purpose in saying, okay, we are going to be a testimony, we're going to be different, and we're going to be a light to the nations. And that's what they did, and that's what God did. And so they not, they not only needed to be rescued, they found their purpose being commissioned. The other thing is they found communion. They needed communion and uh, with God. And there's an invitation in the book of Exodus, about one-third of the book of Exodus. A couple, uh, we took a couple uh, messages on it. I preached one. Pastor Bobby preached last week on it, on the tabernacle, the tent of meetings. Uh, but chapters 25 through 40 uh, all talks about this. And the truth is, is that life uh, is about God at the center in the center of our lives. And we need that kind of communion, that kind of connection on a daily basis with God. And the reality is when we understand that and when we commune with God and we walk with God, His glory is seen in and through us. And that's, uh, was, it, it, that's been our motivation through the book of Exodus. Now, there's been a theme that we said if God were to speak and say, this is what Exodus is all about, we've used this little phrase that, uh, that God would say, I am the living God and I care for my people. If you haven't written this down yet, you need to do it today. Find a place. If you've got your uh, ESV study journal, uh, some of you probably aren't prepared because we thought we uh, concluded the message last week. But uh, there's something here. You need to understand this. I am the living God, and I care for my people. And that is really rooted in Exodus chapter 6. And we'll get there in a second. But before we move on, Pastor Bobby switched it up at the end of his 
message last week, and he didn't do this with permission, but he said that if God were to say this is what Exodus is all about, at the end of Exodus, he said that God would say, I am the living God, and I am with my people, talking about the tabernacle. And we're going to let it slide for today. And uh, you're still going on sabbatical, and we're still going to pay your wages while you're gone because, uh, we're, because we love you guys. But, uh, but anyway, I did want to acknowledge that Pastor Bobby did that without permission. And uh, anyway, but as we're here this morning and thinking about this and really trying to grapple with this idea one last time, And I've been praying that God would just move in a special way today on Memorial Day weekend. I want you to know, church, that the same God who led the Israelites leads us. He leads us as a church. He leads us individually. And he's right here, right now. And it's the same God. And what's interesting is we're the same people. We are his people And we all struggle, we all have shortcomings, and at least our shortcomings are not published in the most printed book in all of history, like the Israelites, thank goodness, right? But there was a theme set of verses found in Exodus 6 that I want us to to look at. Exodus 6, verses 6 through 8. This is where we got that idea of, I am the living God and I care for my people. It says, therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, Yahweh. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, Yahweh, your God, who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. Verse 8, I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. And then one last time, I am the Lord. In Exodus chapter 6, we see this theme kind of emerge. Also within that chapter, there are five I am statements where God says, Yahweh, I am. It's present tense, the idea that he's with us. He was with them. He is the great I am Yahweh God. And at this point in Israel's history, they were struggling. They had a lot of difficulties. And it was like God was showing up and saying, I know you're discouraged I know you're disappointed, but I have a plan. And the same God would sweep in this morning and might say to you, I know you're discouraged. I know you're disappointed, but I have a plan. I am Yahweh God. I am with you. Oh, wait, Pastor Bobby, that's what you said last week. Maybe you were right. I am with you. I am able, I am present, I am all-powerful, I am all-knowing. God would say, I am all about you, my people. And in chapter 6, we see five times this I am statement kind of come to life. And we highlighted those in our Bible when we went through that. But there's seven other things in that, 
in those couple verses where we got that phrase, I am the living God and I care for my people, um, that there were seven I will statements that I want to just focus on and I want to read the chapter again or that, those couple verses again with them highlighted. And if you don't have these highlighted, you can highlight them in your scripture or make a note of it and highlight it later. But look what it says. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. There's an I am statement. And I will, everyone say, I will. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will, say it again, I will. I will deliver you from the slavery to them. And say it with me, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Verse 7, say it with me, I will take you to be my people and... I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord, another I am statement there, uh, your God, who brought you out of, uh, from under the burden of the Egyptians. Verse 8, I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And last one, I will be, or I will give it to you for your possession. I am the Lord. I want to look at these real quick. And I know our time is expiring. But I really believe there's something here for us this morning. As we come to the end of this uh, this series, this book that's been so meaningful and that's just been powerful. In verse 6, it talks about deliverance, freedom, and power. Three things in verse 6. I will be a deliverer. I will bring freedom from slavery and power that God would redeem with an outstretched arm with great acts. These three things in verse 6 are promises that God fulfilled through the book of Exodus. But what's great is God doesn't just stop at that moment. He continues to deliver He continues to provide freedom and power. And I'm not going to take the time to come to you and ask you your story, but I'm curious, uh, how many in the room today would say, you know, Pastor, um, I need deliverance in my life or in someone's life that's close to me. Uh, What kind of things would you need to be delivered from? Uh, think about it for a moment. And if you, if you think of something, just shout it out. I'll repeat it so the people online can hear. What kind of things do we need to be delivered from? From anxiety. Del- Say it again. Addiction. Oh, addiction. Yes, addiction. Selfishness. What else do we need to be delivered from? Come on, help me out. Let's, it's from sickness. Yes. From condemnation. What from depression, yeah. From fear, yeah. From bitterness, maybe a couple more. What else do we need to be delivered from? I, like three people said something, and I say yes to all of that, but I didn't catch any of them. From pride, from oppression, yeah. We are a people that need to be delivered. 
The second thing is that we not only need to be delivered, but we need freedom. What kind of things do we need freedom from? And it, maybe it's, uh, it's similar, but maybe there's, there's differences here. What, on the freedom side, what kind of things do you need to be freed from or people in your life need to be freed from? What comes to mind? From debt, yes. From fear. From bondage, absolutely. Freedom. From oppression. So there's some crossover here, absolutely. What else do we need to be free from? Free from pain. From slavery, yeah. Some of us are enslaved, no question. And then where do we need power as well? Because all of this is, is not only, it didn't stop at the end of Exodus. God provided, but he also does it today. Where do we need God's power? Come on, let's just keep, keep with me here for a minute. Where do we need God's power? In life. Everywhere. Yeah, you're right. In evangelism. Yeah, the power to, to share, right? Good. Where else we need God's power? Where do you need God's power? In relationships. In your identity, sure. Man, we need God's power as we raise our kids, right? As we go to work, you know, we need God's power to, to be the motivator behind us in so many different ways. And we see that all in verse 6. I will bring you out from under the burdens. That's deliverance. I will deliver you from slavery. That's freedom. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with great acts, right? Acts of judgment. That's the power alluding to the great plagues. But God's power is still available today. In the next verse, in verse 7, it talks about two I will statements. I will provide relationship and I will provide friendship. God wants to draw close to us. He also wants to be our friend. Look what it says. I will take you to be my people. I will be your God. God, he's a God that offers salvation. He offers us uh, an opportunity to uh, connect with him and to provide for our sins to be forgiven so we can walk in freedom and deliverance. It's the power of God in salvation. It's the most important thing. It's why we exist as a church uh, to bring people to the point of decision, saying there's a relationship, there's a, uh, an opportunity for you to know God in a deep way, to draw close to him, and for him to be your friend. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, today is the day of salvation. I'll just declare it. And whether you're online watching and uh, connecting with us uh, over the internet uh, or wherever, or you're here in our midst, today is your day. If you're away from God, today is the day to come back. God wants, he longs for that relationship, not only with the Israelites, but with his people, with you. He created you to be in relationship with him. And then in verse 8, we see that God talks about blessing and inheritance, which is pretty incredible. And these things were fulfilled in some measure in the book of Exodus and then fulfilled later as the story continues into Leviticus and as the people uh, 
throughout the Old Testament, but the story continues even in our lives. But look what it says in eight, verse 8, I will bring you to the land that I swore to give you. So that's, that's the idea of blessing, the land. And I will give it to you for your possession. In other words, as an inheritance. And the beautiful thing is that God, he's still speaking words like this, that I will bring these things to be. I am a good God, and I care for my people. I want to be with my people. And I, by the way, I'm a gift-giving God. I will lavish goodness, inheritance. And how many in the room want to be eligible for God's blessing, for God's inheritance? Let me see your hands. Come on, all across this place. If you're online, uh, just type in the chat. I want God's blessings, right? And there's nothing wrong to say that. And today, God is a God that still does it. He's still providing. He's still making a way in all these areas. So this is what I want us to do. As we close today, I want us to think about these seven I will statements. And I want us to respond. Uh, in, uh, in fact, Anna, you can come, and actually the team can come. and we can, We're going to move to a time uh, where we want to open up the altars and just ask God to, to minister. The, real, the reality is we're here today for those that are in our house and even those watching. And we're a needy people, just like the Israelites were. Uh, they were found in slavery, in bondage. They were delivered. They continued to make mistakes. We continue to make mistakes. And we're a people that still need to be delivered, to find freedom, to engage in his power. And this is what I'd like us to do. If you're here today, and you need God's deliverance in your life, I'm going to ask that you make a bold move. I'm going to ask that you stand right where you are. If you need deliverance in your life in any way, just stand right where you are. Yeah. If you need God's freedom, because there's a promise of freedom. If you need God's freedom, and however you interpret it in your life, if you need freedom today, I want you to stand right where you are. Yeah. Freedom from sickness, freedom from addiction, freedom from, from pain, freedom, however you would interpret it, whatever the Spirit's moving. If you need God's power to be available to you today, I want you to stand need God's power to be at work in your life. Power for your family, power at work, power in your, in your uh, schooling, power uh, however you'd interpret it, whatever the Lord is stirring, I want you just to stand. If you need God's relationship, his friendship today, I want you to stand as well. If you need his friendship, if, you're, if you feel like you're distant from God in some way, say, man, God, restore that to me. Do it, God. And then lastly, if you're saying, man, I'd love to be eligible for a blessing, for inheritance from God, 
I want you to stand as well. And I know it's a little intentional. By this point, we probably all are standing or are very close to it. And this is what I'm going to ask for you to do, to take one more bold step, to respond to God by moving to the altar this morning. As we close Exodus, we're going to take some time and we're just going to minister to God. God's going to minister to you. And whatever you stand in need of, you can just move right now and uh, come. And uh, if you're standing, I'm just going to ask that you would move into the aisles, move forward. There's something in, in powerful that happens when you move. Uh, these, we are a church that believes that God, in, a, in an altar situation, in a, in a, when the presence of God is thick, that God can do more in these few moments than he can over a lifetime or over years or hours in a counseling chair. God, he can move and he wants to move. Whatever you stand in need of today, I want you to bring it to the altar, whether it's that friendship piece, that relationship, salvation, or it's a blessing, inheritance, or you're saying, man, I need deliverance. I need freedom. I need God's power. God, he wants to move. And right where you are, now that you've moved, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. And I want you just to ask God to do the work. He has promised to do it. I will deliver. I will bring freedom. And just receive that. I will provide through great acts of power. I will save. I will give an inheritance, a blessing. In Jesus' name, and just right where you are, just begin to lay those things at the, the Father's feet. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just do it in your own words, out loud. Just cry out to God. Come on, we're just going to take a moment here. your time. This is how we're going to close the book of Exodus. Come on, we pray, God. We intercede. We press in, God. Lord, we believe that you're moving, God. You're working. Oh, God, I pray. Holy Spirit, have your way. Oh, Jesus, I pray. I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavily, you said you had a word kind of from the Lord. Why don't you share that real quick? Thank you, Jesus. desires on our hearts and God uh, Pastor Bobby said that God does not put something on our hearts or give us a challenge or a task without giving us the resources to complete it that's right that's and right. then second God will fulfill his promises on his timing because God's timing is best for me Oof, yeah. and although 
it's hard to be patient, and although it's difficult to experience trials and tribulations because we just want them to end, God's not putting you through something or making you wait for something because he's trying to tease you. It's because he recognizes that he has a strong follower who he wants to impact so you can impact other people. And I just want to um, really share that if God has promised you something, he will fulfill it. Amen. 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 We believe that. We believe that. I'm going to take one more step, and I'm going to ask that find someone that's close to you, whether you're family and you pray for each other or lay your hand on someone that you know. Uh, I know the TC girls, you guys can pray with each other here momentarily. I want to just pray a blessing over someone that's close to you. Uh, pray, maybe you know the circumstances, what they're believing for. And then after a moment or two of that, we're going to close this series with the song that's called Homecoming. And what's great is Pastor Bobby, he's, he, he, we were talking about it earlier, that within this song, there is deliverance, there's freedom, it speaks of God's power. It's a homecoming song. It's a salvation song. And so it hits all of those first five uh, elements. And then the idea is that someday we will make our way to heaven, our ultimate homecoming. And so it even hits the blessing and the inheritance piece. And it hits all of these I will promises uh, from, uh, from Exodus 6, 6 through 8. And, uh, but before we get to the song, I want you just to pray for one another. Be bold. Let's just, you know, whether you're family or get out of your comfort zone and just lay your hands on somebody. Uh, let them know that you're with them. And uh, let's do that all across this place. We're going to just take two or three minutes to do that. Just move right where you are. Let the Lord use you in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. God, we pray, Lord, that you are working, God. You are delivering, God. You are providing freedom, God. Your power is perfect, made perfect even in our weakness, God. Lord, right now, I pray blessings and inheritance, God. I pray that you would, that we would be a church that brings people to you, that we would find relationship. God, that relationships would be restored and friendships, God. And God, I pray, Lord, whatever the need, God, nothing is too difficult. And Lord, your promises are good. And Lord, we expect, Lord, that you are working. And God, like Havily was saying, even in this moment, maybe we're waiting, maybe we're, we're in the journey and we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. God, I pray that you would begin to speak and begin to move. God, move mountains. Lord, I pray that you would do it, God. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us. Be our deliverer. Be our freedom provider. Be the power behind everything we need. And God, I pray that you would give good gifts to your people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now let's just worship the Lord. Come on, let's lift our hands again and just begin to thank the Lord. Let's follow through the song. Yes, Jesus, we thank you that you've delivered us, that you have set us free from our sin, from our bondage. Lord, and you just haven't saved us from something. You haven't just delivered us, but you have set us free, which means we are saved 
for something, that we are free for something, Lord. And so as we think about your deliverance and being saved from something and your freedom of being saved for something, let us be people who champion justice. Let us be people who champion things like clean water, like th things like uh, helping out the needy, Lord, of being people on mission, Lord. And we thank you for the blessing and the inheritance that comes from you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you. And Lord, what a powerful image and what a powerful encouragement from Havilah that just like your fire was in this tabernacle, that when uh, Solomon, whenever he uh, blessed the temple, that your spirit and your fire was there as well. And then we see in Acts 2 again, that when you, uh, the people were in the upper room praying that your fire fell then as well, Lord. And we thank you that now we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, that your spirit is residing in us, that it is empowering us and sending us out to be your hands and your feet to a lost, hurting, and broken world. And so as we wrap up this series on Exodus and we hear about your tabernacle, we hear about your blessing, we hear about this blessing from Solomon, Lord, let it be a reminder that you have filled us and empowered us with your presence for a task at hand today. Lord, help us to be your salt and light as we go out uh, to our workplaces, to our homes, to our families, to our neighbors, Lord. Help us to be carrying the name of Jesus everywhere we go. And we know that as we do, as your temples, that you will be behind us, you will be before us, you will be all around us every single step of the way, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. You can go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.